episode 42 of the Creation Grounds. Lego, I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd. And before I get into the next guest, I want to encourage you to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Anybody who will be encouraged, inspired, motivated, entertained, and all of that. Our next guest is Michelle Baldwin. Michelle Baldwin is a fighter. She's super positive. She's always doing things. She's involved in a lot of different projects. And this episode, we discuss how she's been staying creative during quarantine, how she's been staying positive during quarantine. Um, the world's going through a lot right now. I know a lot of people are are struggling, maybe in dark places. So I wanted to have her on to just talk about optimism and maybe have her share her light with you to light your own light. In this episode, we talk about some good books that she's just recently read. She talks about advice that you would give her 18-year-old self with the knowledge that she has now. She talks about a purchase that she's made for under $100 that's been a game changer for her that's really changed her. She talks about some of the projects that she has, like a documentary somewhere between heaven and earth and what her creative process is like and just tons and tons of great things that, that I think will help you, in, 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 including uh, when the quarantine first happened in New York, what she what she did to kind of turn around some down, down times that she's had. So enjoy this episode with Michelle Baldwin. Be sure to follow her, like, subscribe, and keep following her projects. Michelle Baldwin. Welcome to another episode of the Creation Grounds. I have the lovely Michelle Baldwin on. How you doing, Michelle? Hi, Aaron. How are you? Doing good. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. So there's been a lot of madness. We have a lot of time, like, kind of quarantined in our, our homes. What's the last good book that you read? I'm always trying to 
empower myself with knowledge so that as a producer and a filmmaker, a line producer, that when I work with clients or I'm doing my own projects that, you know, I just have like the most up-to-date information. Mm-hmm. So I am, um, I am reading this book called, um, uh, Film Insurance 101, How to Protect Your Film Project, because unfortunately my, my independent film folks, we, we want to make a movie and we don't think about the end result, which is selling it. And so when you get to the distribution table and you don't have all your ducats in a row, um, you know, then you've got a product that you can't sell. So um, always, I'm a knowledge seeker, so I'm always um, seeking knowledge and information. So those are my last, those are my two books that I'm actually reading right now. <laughs> I love it. So, um, that that first book you or the the bookshop in Harlem that got shut down was that because people were seeking for knowledge itself or do you mean just like kind of esoteric knowledge kind of like um, out there and, or or do you mean like yeah. black people having knowledge of themselves esoteric and also knowledge about the history and knowledge about how to maneuver. And um, what you know, we're dealing with the with, with some of the backlash of that now, where we don't believe that there's some systemic racism, or there's you know, like that's some fake, that it's fake, that it's not real, that we make it up just because we're you know, just because people of color are making this up. So yeah, it was more like um, the gentleman told me, um, you know, that people went there to learn about what's going on so that they could be awake. You know, a lot of people say they're awake, awake today, and they're actually, you know, still sleeping, and the alarm clock hasn't gone off. But they claim they think they're awoke, and they're not. So, um, but yeah, that's basically what he was telling me about um, this book. I can't. I think the store was called the book, the bookstore of knowledge or something. I know it was like on like a hundred and I think he said like on Lenox and a hundred and twenty something street. But they closed it, and they said they had to close it. Um, they, they said the store had to be closed. Uh, I'm trying to remember why he told me that it had to be closed. But basically, it was a lie because then they turned it into a, a parking a parking garage. Wow. Wow. It was, it was basically, you know, you guys aren't going to have, you know, and that's during the time of black power, you know, when people were empowering themselves with, with the knowledge of what was really going on, like truly starting to wake up to to the falsehood of, of what they were feeding our people. So, yeah, it was like, no, that's not going to happen here. And so they shut it down. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. But then, but then to tell me that, you know, to, even to order this book, which contains, like, information, I was like, oh, nobody's going to tell me I can't buy a book. Let me just buy a book. A book. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. If you could go back to your 18-year-old self and give her some words of advice or encouragement, what would they be and, and why? Mm, okay, so <laughs> I, I was giving some thought to that when you, um, you know, t- when you're asking this. Um, I guess I would tell myself, my 18-year-old self, that there is light at the end of every dark tunnel um, and that it's okay to not have to be strong all the time, to not be afraid to dream big and, you know, just knowing that, um, you know, I was deserving of the life that I'm living now. And I guess the reason why I would say those things to myself at that time is because I was a caregiver and I was, you know, 
going to college, uh, night school, working full-time job, and then I would come home and take care of my grandmother because she was very, very ill. Mm. And at the time, I just, for me, I just felt like that was it for me. That was that was where I was stuck, that I, I, that I couldn't see beyond um, that, that, that time, that moment. And so, you know, as actors, we're supposed to live in the moment. Well, I was truly living in the moment, and I hadn't really realized that I was in a very broken and dark mental place at that time. And I, again, not even knowing that, you know, because I'm trying to be strong and, and, and pushing forward and trying to, you know, uh, basically wearing that mask of strength. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, yet I was crumbling inside because I just felt like I was, I, I just said, I'm not going to, this is where I'm stuck. You know, like I thought that that was going to be my life. And so I would tell myself, you know, that, you know, yeah, there is a light at the end of every tunnel and, and be strong and, you know, dream big and, and know that you are deserving of all the things that life has to offer you. And what, what shifted for, for you in terms of like getting from that dark place? I think that'd be supremely valuable to people, particularly, and this kind of ties into the next question. It's right now we're just, there's struggle, there's real struggle, there's real pain across the world globally. Um, what, why do you think it's so challenging for some people to stay positive or optimistic? And, and going back to the previous question of like, what did you do at that time where you're in that dark, dark place, rock bottom, to get out of that? What, what was, did you read something? Did you pray? Did you meditate? What, what was it for you? For me, I've always been um, a survivor and I've always been a fighter. And, um, you know, I just, and I've always been optimistic. I've never been negative or, or pessimistic. It's just at that time, like I said, I didn't know that that was my state of mind. Like, I thought I was fine because I was going to school and, you know, I was, you know, working and, you know, I was doing all these things. And I didn't even realize that, I, that my mental was broken at the time because, mm-hmm. I had written it in a diary. I had written that, oh my God, like I just, I'm so, but I forgot about that because for me, when I, when I, when I face challenges, I kind of, I deal with them. Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay, I'm not staying here. I'm going to push you over to the side and you know, you could stay there if you want or be in the wherever. I'm just going to keep moving on. And so I've always had that spirit of um, optimism and staying positive. And I got that. From my grand, you know, from my grandmother. Um, my grandmother, my dad were always positive um, role models for me in just life, and just always, you know, no matter what happens, you keep moving forward. When you face challenges, or you're in rough spots, or negative spots, or life is shits on you, you gotta, you know, okay, you say, all right, I got shitted on, and then you, and I don't know if I can say, oh, I'm so you sorry. Can, you could you <laughs> speak your mind. Speak, speak oh, okay. your mind. And so acknowledging it 
and and um, cry about my situation. I just lived it. I just dealt with it. I was just in it. So I think um, for me, it's kind of hard to um, answer that question because I don't want to be judgmental of anybody else because I am a strong person and I do, you know, my thing is that you always have to look at the positive. And if you can't look at the positive, always know that whatever situation that you're in, somebody is in a far worse position. So if sometimes you can just stop for a minute and pause and think about that, like think about, like, is it really that bad? And it goes back to the, the previous question. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to keep looking for it. You just got to find it. So no matter what life throws at you, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm always like, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? I love that. And so, yeah. So that's, you know, that's, you just have to hold on to, um, you know, uh, positivity and, and optimism and allow those things to perpetuate hope and inspiration. And you'll have positive, you know, you'll have a positive mindset when you stay on that path. And tell me about the day when you knew you wanted a career in the entertainment industry. What, what was that day like for you? passionate about something it hits different like it doesn't feel like work so um i definitely that definitely resonates with me for sure yeah and yeah it's like you gotta let that passion drive you know you've got to find what what drives you um passion like you said and you just 
just got to hold on and just run with the, like a bull in a bull in a china shop, as they say. Mm-hmm. You so it seems like you're from what I'm hearing. It seems like you're just hardwired for, for just like you have a fighting spirit. You're optimistic. So with New York, obviously locked down. We're in New York, and everybody had to quarantine. Some people are still in quarantine across the nation, across the world. What were the things that were going on in your head when it first happened? So you're hardwired for like just, just optimism. Just, Thinking about that person who might not be wired like you, who who just really is really just struggling right now. What what was the first thing that went through your head first of all um, when New York first got locked down? Um, I mean, I guess I didn't think of anything other than the fact that I was seeing this craziness happening. You know, um, this this silence disease that was, you know, attacking us and, um, the, you know, people being, you know, instantly like what's going on. And so my last day in New York city was March 12th. And I remember clearly because I was working and I was in the city and I came home and I think that fried, and I was also, I had just left, uh, an interview for a teaching artist job that I had gotten um, I had gotten it previously, but I had gone there to meet the, um, the head of the organization. It was, like, on 112th Street to discuss, like, what kind of programming I was, we were going to bring to them. And so I was just like, well, you know, whatever, whatever. And then that Friday, because March 12th, I believe, was on a Wednesday. That Friday, I was like, oh, wow, things are shutting down. Like, we're not going to be able to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't think anything other than, like, okay, girl, you're always running. You're always on the go. You're always out of the house. So now you're going to be home for a while. And I was actually, I know, and I just sound like I was okay with it because <laughs> I am always, you know, I was like, am I the only weirdo that's happy that we got to shut the city down? Because that was where my head was. I was like, hmm, this, this is going to be okay. I'm about to stay home and find out what it's like to not be running around and hopping trains because for me, I'm in a part of Jersey that I have to either drive my car down to Newark, hop on a train, mm. hop on a subway, or hop on a train, drive to the train station, hop on a train, then get to Newark, hop on another train, then hop on a subway, and God knows how many other subways depending on where I'm going in the city. So I'm like, mm, this is wonderful. Mm. Okay. Right? And then my creative head is on because I just feel like you're always you always have to be ready or ahead of the game. So I had like all I'm an artist in terms of like I actually paint and I create things. I'm also you know like a filmmaker and I write and I do you know like I do I do a lot of things as you already know. Mm-hmm. So my creative mind was like, girl, we got to have a like a film day in the house. Yeah. <laughs>
I tell people I have a stepmom and a stepdad. They're like, well, how do you have that? I'm like, well, because my stepmom and my dad broke up and my stepmom remarried and now I have a stepdad. That's interesting. So, yeah, so I'm always, you know, me always embracing whatever. But, um, so it was a little, you know, those are the moments, you know, where you had, like, dealing with people dying and getting sick um, throughout it, throughout um, the pandemic. But really, for me, it was just um, opportunity. I felt opportunity was knocking on my door at that moment because all the uh, creative projects that I had that I didn't have a chance to get to because I'm helping everybody else and, you know, running back and forth and running around, I actually got an opportunity to sit down and say, hey, let's, let's, let's get some of this stuff out into the universe. That's awesome. So on the, on the uh, flip side of that, tell me about a time, and maybe you may not have had one, but tell me about a potential low point you had during this quarantine and then how you turned that around. Yeah, for me, the low point was just, you know, I, my husband and I have had uh, moments where we have lost an insurmountable amount of people in a, in a short span of time. So we had been accustomed to that. I was not uh, ready to hear people die, like literally like on Thursday night and Friday morning. And then, you know, I had step back a minute, I was like, whoa. Um, and how I turned that around, I guess for me, I made a point to reach out more to, like I had, I have, and I, I lost one, but I had two step aunts that were twins. And so I reached out to them and I was glad I did because then in May, one of them passed. Oh, man. So, you know, yeah. So my turning, turning around from just the first few blows, because like I said, in one week, I think we lost like three people, including my stepmom. And then the following week, we lost another three people. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I know that for each life that enters this universe, a life has to pass and go and leave the universe, right? The spirit stays, but the life has to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm fully like strengthened up my, my faith and my, my, um, my, my spirituality and that is it's fat, you know, it's kind of fat. But at the end of the day, it still doesn't prepare you to lose people like back because this coronavirus, the back, the back, the back, the back. And I was just like, what could I do? Like, I'm not one to be helpless and left in the wilderness without trying to find a way to light a fire and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that is what, you know, that spirit of, of that mentality is what turned it around for me because I'm like, no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna let this, you know, get you, and you're not gonna let the ignorance of the people who are telling you that it's, it's not real and it's a hoax, and and if you want to stay woke, you won't be, you know, you won't have to deal with this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? People are dying, so hoax or no hoax or scam or no scam or conspiracy or not, people are dying and people that we love. So you can't tell me that this isn't real when I've lost flesh. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just again, you know, um, just trying to, to stay positive and, and actually it, in addition to reaching out to family and friends that I hadn't spoke to in a while and just trying to stay connected to those loved ones, I also, um, picked up the phone and I called a good friend, Benja, who you know, and I said, listen, what do you think about relaunching and actually 
said, I'm, I, we, we need a platform. I said, folks need a platform to speak, and we need, we need to be that for them and for ourselves. And Absolutely. so that's um, turning it around, yeah. Tell me about your documentary, Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth. your creative process like does it vary from project to project or is it kind of you have a fundamental kind of foundational thing that you start with for each project for each project I, I do believe that everything needs a blueprint right uh, every everything that you do you can't uh, set forth without you know an architect can't build a building without his, uh, his blueprint and anyone else that comes in to do any work on the building, they need to see the blueprint so they can know where they fit and what job that they have to do, whether it's the electrician or the plumber or uh, the contractor. So for me, um, I always have to start out with this blueprint. And the film, uniquely, um, we, it was a bold thing that we did with this film. I don't want to share too much, but I took a script that I had written and I took out all the elements of what we call the earthlings. I kept the heaveners because I, had to, I, I felt like what I wrote was so poignant with the heaveners and there was messages in there that needed to be shared with the world and it, ironically they can still be shared today. And so I asked the actors to come in and fill themselves into the world of, of the earthlings and write these stories that would have been affected by things that happened or didn't happen in heaven. And so, um, that was the blueprint for us to even start that. And folks were not used to that. And they were a little, but I, but I challenged them. I was like, no, you can do this. And so out of that was birth, like producers that produced their own segments and they had to learn the whole process of, you know, what I'm teaching them, like, okay, you're going to get this movie. You've got a script. Now you've got a plan of how you're going to 
executed, you've got to get locations, you've got to get permit, whatever it is that you have to do, mm-hmm. get all of that stuff together, and then you go out and you create it. But you can't go anywhere without your, your blueprint and your tools. So I always have um, that sit down and that blueprint before I step out into that world. And you said that somewhere between Heaven and Earth stemmed from this project called An Actor's Life. What What is An Actor's Life about? So, okay, so it's like people. So An Actor's Life, the series, is the show that inspires actors, performers, or anyone in life that is seeking to reach their goals. We, you know, I, I created the show as a means of inspiring people to go for what they want to to believe to dream big and to actually and I don't I don't I, I, I know people say the thing I like the saying is live your dream right mm-hmm. as opposed to chasing your dream I don't believe in chasing dreams We're like oh chase your dreams and like no live your dream so that's what an actors like the series was about was was just this platform of myself and fellow actors I'm sharing our triumphs and our challenges and you know, uh, having conversations about things that we need, the business of acting or the business of self, the things to uh, push us and propel us forward, but also a means to inspire other people that no matter what you're dealing with or what you're doing, whatever challenges you have, if you're passionate about what you want and you know what you want, you can have it. You can you dare to dare to live your dream. That was like the thing, dare to live your dream. And so... And after like the series birth Cupid's Dilemma, which was the movie that we the damn movie that we set out to make. It was entitled Cupid's Dilemma. Mm-hmm. And then Cupid's Dilemma is what is turning into somewhere between heaven and earth. Fast forward and after like the series rewind now, which is we have that on Facebook right now, that turned into this platform for artists and other people, youth, we've had youth, we've had men of color, and we were going to have you on our second male of color summit. But it was just this, this, this platform where people can now come and share what they're going through between COVID and social injustice and the death and the murdering of our black men and our black people and our people of color. And it's just this vehicle now where we have these talks, mental health, Anything we feel that either we need or our audience needs, we're having those conversations because it's so critical right now when people are stuck at home with, uh, some are helpless, um, don't know what they're going to do, don't want to think beyond, they can't think beyond. It's like, is COVID, this is it? And I'm like, yeah, there'll there'll be life after COVID. So we have this platform now and after the series Rewind is there for us to share and uh, communicate and commune and strategize and try to figure it out and, and, and be a community for our creative artists and fellow men to just listen in and maybe get some inspiration or get an idea or spark um, an emotion to go out and do something and be active or whatever it is that you feel you need to do or can do while we're living in this ugliness in America right now. I love that. And this this idea just kind of came in my head, this question. It's a simple question, though. What what purchase of $100 or less has made the most impact in your life in the past year? So anything that you bought for under $100 that's really impacted you? 
um, that could potentially be a resource or tool for others to kind of give them some optimism or, or some hope or positivity? Um, I would say, let me give some, that's up to you. I love that question. <laughs> I love that question. And I'm a techie girl, so I'm trying to decide if it's going to be something that's technologically based or something, like you said, that's simplistic in, in, in every way. Um, <laughs> that, um, that, so I would say, mm, I know, I, I just, and it's, and it's something simple, everybody, but everybody needs it right now. Mm -hmm. A damn external hard drive. External. <laughs> <laughs> In case the apocalypse happened, your, your, your computer is safe. are interesting the most right now? Uh, what stories interest me the most right now? It could be things that you're creating or something that other people are creating, Netflix, Hulu, yeah. other content creators. Uh, well, I, I, you know, any story that surprises me and teaches me something new, um, I love. Um, I love seeing stories with people that look like me. I love seeing stories with people that are diverse because I come from a diverse, you know, you know, like family, all of us, you know, we come from diverse backgrounds. So we need to see that in the stories that we're looking at. But um, I love stories that invoke thoughts or, or shifts in thoughts so that, you know, when you walk away, you're like, wow. So I, I, I did Netflix binge a little bit because, you know, you're home and there's so much content that, you know, that, that's there, and you're like, let me see what I can grab. So, you know, I loved Green Leaf. I loved watching Green Leaf. 
family. (laughs) (laughs) I loved um, Queen of the South, you know, like that's, you know, the struggle of the woman to to make it to the top and, you know, all the things that she had to deal with. I could identify with that. I identify with that that character. Uh, But yeah, um, and the shy, love the shy. So yeah, I just, you know, uh, as a creative content, sometimes it's nice to just um, fall back. Mm-hmm. and watch some other things mindlessly and just enjoy it. So, yeah. They, but they have to look like me, and, you know, they have to surprise me. They have to teach me something new, and they, you know, they really, they just can't be a boring, you know, beginning, middle, and end. Another song I have it. <laughs> Dynamic. That's awesome. What, what, are you, yeah. what are you currently working on? Um, I know you have a lot of projects. What, what are you currently working on or most excited that you're working on right now? I know, because I was going to say, you, you have a lot. You have a lot that's, that's going on. I, I, I'm going to try to summarize this like a little, I don't know. It's just, it's just a lot I'm working on. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be working with uh, several black theater companies creating um, some digital content for them. Uh, NEC, Black Spectrum, AGM Theater, so I'm happy about that. I am preparing some deliverables for a feature film that I did some years back, and we are very close to finalizing a deal. So cross your fingers. I'll keep you posted to that because then I'll need like folks to go out to the movies and support us. <laughs> I got you. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm create. I'm continuously creating digital online content. I have a new show called Snack Sip and Show, where we do script readings, whether it's film, TV, or theater, and even pilots. We, you know, it's a really innovative show where I kind of infuse uh, theater or um, theatrics and film inside of a Zoom window. Woo-woo, challenging. Uh, and, of course, you know, we're working on, we're, we're actually uh, filming some of the interviews with Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth between Zoom and in-person and trying to be socially responsible. And we're gearing up for an after the series. We have been on vacation since the summer, and so now we're going to be gearing back up to bring some content to speak on um, the topics that are happening, and especially voting, which is so important right now, and getting our youth out here to vote, of which I am hoping you will be a part of. And <laughs> I'm there. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so and after that, the series fan page, you know, folks can go out and um, like that page. Um, then we have Snacks with the Show, support that show. It's kind of brand new. If you have content and you want to submit it, you know, we're looking, we'll be sending out some stuff for content. And we're also going to be holding a raffle because for me, myself, I don't believe in begging for money. And I'm not knocking anybody who asks for donations, but I believe in life that you have to give, you have to give before you can take. And so for our give, for our give, what we're asking is that we are going to be, um, holding a raffle and that'll I'm going to be posting that in the next couple of days so where people can raffle off a nice goodie bag and we will get some money to help pay our actors a stipend so um yeah that's kind of where I'm at with what I'm working on that's awesome <laughs> I ask all my guests this on every episode when you think of the word creative who's the first person that comes to mind and why Like me, and they're gangster, and they're <laughs> they're always trying to raise the bar. 
are, and I'm going to say them, um, Michael Jackson, Prince, and Beyonce. Oh, because, oh, triple threat. Like that. Oh, my yes, God. Yeah. That's triple two, threat. That's a lot of know, excellence. I wear many. That's a lot of excellence, right? Yeah. Why? Like, seriously. <laughs> I know it's like it's kind of self-explanatory. They're just like you just drop it like Prince, Michael Jackson, Beyonce. That's it. And Prince, I, I just feel like those are my spirit twins. You know, if like you have a spirit twin, that people talk about. Oh, I have a spirit twin. Mm-hmm. Those are my spirit twins because I, I've watched them. You know, I've watched um, the two men over the years, and then I watched Beyonce. You know, like I, you know, I, I, I so applaud her. A lot of people kind of hate on her and I don't understand why because people hate on Beyonce is, yeah you I know, know probably some women I guess I don't oh. know like I, I have had friends in my circle I'm like really like you talk about what you talk about being what the girl who you know like I don't care they can have the hive all over them I don't want that problem don't want that problem, <laughs> yeah, want that problem. I, just go, I just go why are you hating like like girlfriend is bad I'm sorry I'm gonna say a curse word that's a bad bitch contact you so maybe producers that want to learn from you actors who want to be involved in your projects writers directors how do people contact you you have a website um social media handles what's all that info okay um my website is www.michelle1lbaldwin like james or alex depending on which one's going to get me the job <laughs> hey um i'm on facebook as Michelle Baldwin, I have a YouTube channel. Please subscribe. I just I subscribe to yours. I don't know if you know that. Um, so I, Michelle Baldwin again. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. I did. And I, I got started you. watching some of your stuff. I can. I know you got me, but I'm talking to those people that we're talking to. So and you gotta subscribe <laughs> to both of our YouTube channels. Okay, Michelle Baldwin uh, YouTube, and then I'm on Instagram and Twitter as I the letter I like I. MichelleBaldwin.com. So very easy to find me. Um, and if you can't remember all that stuff, www.michelle1lbaldwin.com has the links to my LinkedIn, my YouTube, my IMDb, whatever you can find me. I'm really not that hard to find. Um, so I so appreciate having you here and being able to support your project because I'm so, so excited for you that you're, you know, staying 
creative in the COVID as well, and before and after, and you know how it is. Yep. Michelle, yeah. it's been a blessing having you on. I learned about that bookshop. I'm excited to check out that book, um, and I hope other people will gather some value from this interview as well.